Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. We started a new series called New Season. And Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary in doing well, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. I like the way the message version puts it. It says, so let us not allow ourselves to get fatigued. Everyone say fatigued. In doing good, at the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Everyone says, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. We've all been fatigued. We've all been tired at one time or another. And as I was reading in my journaling this past week in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 12, verse 5, Jeremiah is crying out to God and he's telling God, I can't handle this. This assignment you gave me is tiring me out. I'm weary by the word that you've given me to share. And people are now wanting to kill me. I'm I'm tired of this. And God responds to Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, if running with mere men tires you out, how are you going to run with horses? In other words, if you can't succeed in the season you're in, then don't expect to be translated or promoted to the next season. Every season prepares you for the next season in life. And so if you are not prepared in one season, the next season will overtake you. If you don't know how to handle your season, your single season, you're not going to be very good at your married season. And if you can't learn how to become more selfless in your married season into parenthood, is going to be a difficult transition for you. The problem is in marriages isn't that people don't love each other, is that they love themselves more. That we forgot how to learn to put someone else first. And one of the realities that we find is that people are getting tired. They're getting fatigued. And if where you're at right now, if if the amount of money you have right now is tiring you out trying to budget it. If your family is tiring you out. If your job is tiring you out. Then you are not prepared for the next season. Because you have to understand that the struggles that you go through today is providing the, the strength and the endurance for you to win at the next level. You can't bring a high school effort into college. You can't bring a college effort into the pros. As today, we got the kickoff of the NFL season taking place in the Bay Area right now. But I want you to understand this. If they're bringing a college effort, they're not going to succeed at the pro level. You got to go deeper if you want to go farther. Now, I need you to understand something. We all get tired. We've all been fatigued. We've all been been at a point in our life, but it takes a lot of effort. It takes endurance to build a strong marriage. It takes endurance to build a strong family. It takes endurance to build a business. It takes endurance to to, to, uh, hold on to your sobriety. It takes endurance to stay in the fight. And I want to encourage someone right now to understand that the season that you're in is not forever, that there's nothing that lasts forever except God and his promises. So whatever battle you're going through today, It's going to pass. Whatever struggle you're going through today, it's going to pass. You got to learn to outlast your season. Say it again, pastor. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter three, that there is a time for everything 
a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time, there's a season. I want you to understand that seasons, time is a created thing. And because it's created, that means it's relegated by God. God is not held to time. God created time. So God is not held to time because time is just a created being. And so there's one thing I need you to understand. There is nothing more valuable that you have than time. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. When I give you my time, I'm giving you the most valuable part of me. And the older I get... The older I get, the more more valuable my time becomes. I I don't have time for you to waste my time. So if I have an appointment with you at 11 and you show up at 11.15, you apologize for being late. You stole 15 minutes of my life. And the older I get, I got less time. Somebody talk to me right now. You, you got to value people's time. You, gotta, you say you're going to be somewhere, be somewhere. You're going to get to work, get to work early and leave late. So there's a time and season for everything. Seasons are vital because they set you up for the next season. Each season prepares for the next. Your season of, uh, of winter helps your roots grow deeper so that you can survive the dryness of summer. Come on, somebody. And so you have to understand that the seasons are important. Look, look at this. Same tree different seasons, okay? Same exact tree, different seasons. One, one, one part looks barren, other times it has leaves, other times it has fruit. There are gonna be seasons in your life that you're gonna be barren, but hold on. Your time of flourishing is coming. Same road, different season. Okay, it may the path may look different when you're married than when you're single. The path may look different when you're owning a business or you're working a job. Things might look different at one time. But if you hang in there and outlast the season, blessing is coming. See, same couple, different season. We go through seasons in life. We go through these transitions in life. Every one of us has a season that we go through. Talk to me, somebody. Now, when we talk about seasons, what about this individual right here? That that picture on the left, Pastor Ray. Bro, that that that's when you were in car. It looks like a demon's coming out of you, bro. But look at that man of God on the right. Seasons that you don't even recognize who that person was before. That what you are right now isn't going to be who you will be in the next season if you prepare correctly. And what do I want to talk to you about today? I want to talk to you about a season of change. I want to talk to you today about a season of restoration. Because some of you are living in a season of loss. And you lost something years ago. You went through something that crippled you years ago. But you're still damaged by what took place so many years ago that you're still living in, in in a situation today that God never intended you to be part of and so notice this we live in a broken world we live in a world that's broken but in second samuel chapter 9 verse 1 i want to introduce you to a man by the name of mephibosheth 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 is the son of jonathan who is the son of king saul and king saul his grandson he is an heir to the throne He's a little boy, but something takes place in his life that's not his fault. Have you ever gone through something that's not your fault? 
Have you ever gone through a battle that wasn't your fault and you ended up damaged because of it? Someone abused you, so, someone molested you, someone did something to you, and they, they ended up there, maybe even they were well-intending, but in their well-intention of trying to raise you, of trying to bring greatness out of you, they damaged you as the result. I want to talk to you about a guy by the name of Mephibosheth. And in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1, King David is taken over. Saul is dead, Jonathan is dead. And now David's taken over king and in the beginning of his leadership, he stops and he asks this question. Is there anyone in the house of Saul that I can show kindness to? Now, that, that's contrary to what kings did in those days. Because when a new king took over, he would wipe out the previous king and his family because he didn't want any heirs to the throne coming after him. So you wiped out the other family. You totally annihilated them. But David and Jonathan were like brothers. They had such a connection, and Jonathan understood that there was an anointing for David to be king, even though he was the prince next in line. He told David, when you rule, be kind to my family for my sake. So David remembered the promise he made. David took over as king. Saul and Jonathan are dead, and he remembers the covenant. And verse 3 says, Then the king asked him, Is there anyone in Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. Ziba, one of the servants, said, Yes, Jonathan's son is still alive, and he is crippled in both feet. Everyone say crippled. Have you ever been crippled in your life before? Now, I'm not just talking physically, emotionally, mentally spiritually been in a place where you can't even move in a place that you're so fatigued you're so broken that you have no ability to go up that your mind wants to go forward but your body won't respond there's a disconnect between the head and the body some of you are in that disconnection right now god is speaking the head of the church but you're not responding as the body of christ there's a disconnect that's taking place there Mephibosheth is broken. He's lame. That word crippled means to be lame, dejected, or damaged goods. He's broken. And I want you to understand that we are surrounded by a world that's broken today. Everyone that walks in, they look good on the outside, but we don't know the damage that's taken place in their heart. We don't know the hurt that they've gone through. We don't know the story that someone's gone through. We look good on the outside. And even when Sister Barbara was here last week, we told her, man, you look so good. She goes, yeah, I look good on the outside but you don't know what's going on on the inside. She was dying on the inside, even though she was smiling on the outside. Broken people produce broken relationships. And I don't care what you do. When you're broken or damaged, you could dress yourself up in Versace. You could have the Air Jordan 1s. You could find yourself with new lashes, Botox, put yourself in a Mercedes. You could put implants in, frosted tips. You could get into the tanning booth, change how you look on the outside. You could work out. You could get, get implants for your shoulders as well and put in fake abs. You could do all you want. But I tell you, you will never be able to, to show or heal the brokenness that's inside you by covering it up. We got to learn to bring people into a season of restoration. 
We got to learn to bring people out of that season of brokenness into restoration. Why? Because his infirmities become his identity. Say it again, pastor, you're not hearing me. His infirmity became his identity. When the king says, is there anyone I can show kindness to? The servant brings up Mephibosheth's name, but he also brings up his condition. Whenever your name is mentioned, people will associate you with what you went through. Oh, yeah, so-and-so, isn't that the one that had cancer? Isn't that the one who divorced? Oh, that's so-and-so that, that has that addiction. People want to label you connected to your failures. They want to identify you, but you got to re- realize that failure is not a person. Failure is an event. Now, I want you to recognize what happens here. He says he's damaged good. He doesn't even call Mephibosheth by name. When David said, is there anyone I could show kindness to? He doesn't say, yeah, Mephibosheth. He says, yeah, he has a son, but he's crippled. Doesn't even give him a name. He just speaks of his infirmity. And I want you to understand what what Ziba was literally saying was, don't waste your time on this one. You you can give your kindness to anyone, but this one here, just forget about him. There's someone else that you have to be able to find. Now, Mephibosheth, his name means shameful. It means son of shame or to break into pieces or to shatter. And I want you to understand, parents, you got to be careful what you name your kids. His name was broken. His name was shattered. What do you think that prophetic word was doing to this kid? It was already preparing him. He was named before he fell. And some of us, when we look at our kids and you get frustrated, what's wrong with you? Are you stupid or something? You are releasing an identity over them. You got to watch the words that come out of your mouth. Because every father, you create the atmosphere by which what grows in your family. He was a grandson to the king, an heir to the throne, raised in the palace where people feared to walk into this little kid played in. And an accident when he was five years old caused him to be crippled for life. Stay with me. Listen to this. Mephibosheth, five years old, his caretaker finds out that David is now king or that the king is dead. And in fear, she picks up this child and takes off running. And as she's running, she trips and she falls on top of the five-year-old child and she breaks his legs. And Mephibosheth, because they're on the run, she doesn't have time to set his legs correctly. She doesn't have time to put his legs back in order. So on the run in fear, they leave that place and his legs end up healing broken. Many of you have never been healed by the damage that someone did to you. Many of you have never been restored by the damage that you went through that divorce, went through that molestation, went through that addiction, went through that trouble, that crisis, that sickness. You prayed for someone to be healed and they died. And you're wondering, God, where are you? And you're damaged, you're crippled. You look good on the outside, but you're crippled on the inside. One accident has permanently damaged him and now he's hiding in fear. Like many of us in this room right now, you're shattered, you're broken, or you're damaged. But it's not your fault that you're going through what you're going through. It was someone else's carelessness that brought you to this point. Now, some problems are your fault. Just be straight. Come on. 
Some of y'all blame everyone for everything. But some problems are your fault. But in this situation, Mephibosheth had nothing to do with what took place. But those falls have still left us emotionally crippled, financially crippled, relationally and mentally crippled. Whether it was a molestation, an abuse, a divorce, a death or a tragedy, it's caused permanent damage in your life. And what Ziba was trying to tell the king is that this guy will be more of a burden than a blessing. I love what King David does in verse 4. He says, where is he? I care if he's crippled. Where is he? Where is he at? And the king respond, or the servant responds, he's in a low debar. Everyone say low debar. Low debar meant no pasture, no word, no communication. It was the ghetto, the hood of the time. It's a dry place, a place where nothing grew. He's in a dry, dusty place. He's gone from the palace to the pasture. Oh, come on, follow me on this. This brother went from royalty to the hood. Not like the Prince of Bel-Air in another way. (laughs) He literally found himself going from the palace to the pasture. In one moment, he went from being an heir to the throne to now running for his life. And he's running in fear because he's heard that the king is looking for him to kill him. Someone else's fear has caused his demise. Now he's living in fear and now he's scared to death and he's living in the place. And as a crippled man, he's just laying in the cabin during the day and hoping for scraps from other people to take care of him. And now as he's sitting there, all of a sudden in this place called Lodabar, he's sitting there and just imagine with, with me, if you would, if, I, if I'm a movie director, this is where the movie or the soundtrack changes. All of a sudden, that, the, the, the music goes from calm and sad to this real dramatic sound as war horses begin to start riding. And you can feel the earth trembling. And as this little man is sitting in the corner of a shack, he could feel the ground begin to vibrate under him. He sees, in the, as he looks through the cracks, as light is coming through his little wood cabin, he sees the dust being stirred up. And as he gets closer and closer, he can hear the neighing of war horses and the pulling up of these horses right up to his door. He can hear the sound of them getting off the horse and the sound of feet walking towards his little hut. The door swings open, light fills the room as dust begins to show in the background. The silhouette of the doorway is totally closed off when a big man steps into the doorway, one of David's mighty men. They look around the dark room, step in, and find a man cowering in the corner. And the man looks down at him and asks him, are you Mephibosheth? Mephibosheth is probably peeing himself because he's realized, man, this day has finally come. King's finally found me. He's going to kill me. So you're going to get rid of me like all kings do with the heirs of thrones. Thinks his day is done. It's over. See, when you've lived in depression for so long, even when salvation shows up, you can't see it. You think it's destruction rather than deliverance. 
One of David's mighty men asked him, Are you Mephibosheth? Are you shattered? Are you broken? He picks up his fragile frame and places him on the horse. He tells him, the king wants to see you. Imagine the fear as this man is holding this man who's lame, riding back into the city that he grew up in. As they come through the city gates of Jerusalem, Mephibosheth remembers walking through those gates with his grandfather. As they start coming up to the palace, he recognizes the scenery. Things are so familiar to him, yet so different. Some of you haven't been in church for so long that now you walk in, it's familiar, but it's different. They walk into the palace where his grandfather once ruled, to the throne that he sat on with his grandpa. They carry his frail body and they lay him down right in front of King David as the king steps off his throne and steps over him. In Mephibosheth's mind, it's done, it's over, it's finished. As the king then comes and kneels down next to him. No sword. No spear. No judgment. Now, what happened to you? He kneels down next to him and he tells him this. Listen carefully as I close. From this day on, you will eat at my table. No, no, you're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. From this day on, Mephibosheth, you're going to sit at my table. You're going to sit at my table. You're not going to have a need for anything. And the land that was taken from you, this servant Ziba and his sons will work the land for you. And everything that they make will be given to you. They're going to work the land for you, and the profit's all going to be yours. Mephibosheth, from this day forward, you're going to sit at my table. From this day forward, I'm going to take care of all your needs. You're not going to have another need. You're not going to have another situation. You're going to sit at my table. He tells him in verse 7, don't be afraid. I intend to show you kindness because of my promise to your father. Jonathan, I will give you all the property you once once belonged to you and your grandfather Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. In other words, everything you lost, you're getting back. Come on, Brother Bill. I know you already placed that word on the Lord. I want that back. I want that money back. I want that. Some of you, the enemy's taken some things from you. He's stolen some nights of sleep from you. Get it back. He's stolen some money from you. Get it back. He's stolen your marriage. Get it back. He's stealing your children. Get them back. It's time for you to stand up and take back those things that God said are rightfully yours. You lived in low debar too long. You lived in a place where you can't hear. There's been no communication. You haven't heard the voice of God. I need you to know you were not created for low to bar. You were created for the palace. Somebody give God a shout of praise.
Pastor Vince, if you would help me this morning. See, see, all of Mephibosheth's life, he's heard this. Watch out for the king. The king's going to come to kill you. The king's going to come to destroy you. The king's going to come take your life. Someday he's going to come get you. Everything he heard about the king was wrong. Let's pause for a dramatic effect, okay? Need, need you to capture this. Because some of y'all are running from God right now. Because you think all God's going to do is judge you, destroy you, attack you, put you down, or defeat you. See, everything you heard about the king is wrong. You think God is there to destroy you, to catch you doing bad. When David shows the perfect picture of who the Messiah was, I want you to capture this picture with me real quick. Imagine dinner time right now at the, at the palace. It's time for dinner. And all the king's men are getting around the, the, the dinner table. All the families coming together. And one by one, they start coming into the dining room. And as they're coming in, Absalom comes in with his long hair. And he's combing his hair. Just Don't be brushing your hair around the food. Come on, man. And he's just brushing his hair because Absalom had this beautiful hair. And a few minutes later, Tamar, his sister, comes walking in. I can't find my brush anywhere. Someone stole my brush. Who took my brush? I can't get my, I can't get my wig put together. And I can't find anything. Where's my brush? And Absalom hides the brush under the table. A few moments after that, you get this kid coming in, adjusting his glasses with all these books. Sits down at the table, and King David says, Solomon, get those books off the table. It's time to eat. One by one, David's 30 mighty men start walking into the table and sitting down ready to eat. And they begin to reach for the food, and David says, stop. Where's Mephibosheth? We don't eat until Mephibosheth gets here. And down the corridors of the palace, you hear. And it gets louder and louder and louder. And through the doorway comes the man with crutches making his way into the dining hall sits down at the table puts his crutches away and David says now we can eat now we can eat why is that so moving, Pastor? Because when you're sitting at a table, I can't see your feet. When we're all at the same table, I can't see your legs. 
We're all the same at the table. The table covers our infirmity. The table covers our crippledness. The table covers our struggle. The table covers the things that we've gone through. When you get to the king's table, there's nothing. There's nothing that holds you back. You're all welcome at the king's table. At the king's table, we're all equal. At the king's table, everything we need is provided. I need you to know you're not broken anymore. You're not shattered anymore. That the king came to put you back together again. It may not be your fault or the fall was your fault God can still put you back together again come on stand to your feet with me this morning the Bible says in 1st John chapter 3 verse 1 see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called the sons of God I came to tell you this morning, your season of brokenness is over. For, for those of you that, that, that are really pulling on this anointing this morning, grab a hold of this word. Your season of brokenness is over. Your season of restoration is beginning. Mephibosheth had dwelt in Lodabar so long, he forgot he was royalty. Some of you have lived in a place where you haven't heard the voice of God in so long that you've forgotten who you were. The first thing God gave to Adam was his image. Don't forget the royal blood flowing through your veins this morning. You know what's even powerful, more powerful about this is this. Never thought about legacy until my grandson came into our lives. Now I think everything about his generation. Mephibosheth had a son. He wasn't crippled. But because he responded to the king's invitation, it transformed not only his life, but the life of his children as well. Oh, Mom, Dad, you got to grab a hold of this right now. Your decision to serve God and to accept the king's invitation won't just change your destiny. It changes the destiny of your children's children's children as well. Heads bowed and eyes closed right now. Heads bowed and eyes closed. You're here right now. And you're broken. You're shattered. You've gone through some things that may not have been your fault, but you're still going through them. You're here right now and you're just praying, God, I just want to be put back together. You might be shattered because of something someone else did. If that's you right where you are, would you lift your hand? Pastor, I'm dealing with things that had nothing to do with me. Yes, I see those hands going up all over. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Secondly, you're hearing. You're living in Lodabar. 
It's been forever since you heard the voice of God. It's been forever since you heard God speak. It's been forever since you felt his presence. And you're living in a place God never intended you to live. That's you, would you lift your hand as well, both online and here in this room right now. That's you, would you lift your hand as well. God bless you. God bless you, yes. God bless you in the back. God bless you. Lastly, you're here and you would just say, Pastor, I accept the invitation of God. I want to be whole. I want to be put back together again. I'm tired of living shattered. I'm tired of living broken. I'm tired of living where I don't belong. I don't belong in this relationship. I don't belong in this area. I don't belong in this mindset. I don't belong in this addiction. I don't belong in this dysfunction. If that's you right now, would you just lift your hand as well as we pray for you as well. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, lastly, my call is this. You're here. You don't know Jesus. Now, you know church, but you don't know Christ. Going to church isn't going to get you to heaven just like doesn't make you a Christian just like going into your garage make you a car going to McDonald's make you a hamburger or going to a donut shop make you a cop going to church doesn't make you a Christian it's a relationship with Christ you're here right now and that relationship's been broken and you need to restore that right where you are on the count of three I want you to lift your hand in the air ready one two three lift your hands right now yes God bless you God bless you God bless you God bless you. God bless you over here. God bless you. God bless you in the back as well. I'm going to ask you, if you raise your hand on any of these calls, any of these four calls, step out of your seat right now and come meet me here at this altar. Amen. Come on, give them a round of applause as they come. I want you to do me a favor because there were a whole lot more hands that went up. And, you know, why do I push on these things? Because I don't want anyone to miss out on their breakthrough. I want you to ask the person to your left or to your right, if you want to go up to the altar, I'll go up with you. Ask them right now, whether friend, family, or stranger. Just ask them, you want to go up, I'll go up with you. I don't want anyone to be up here by themselves or anyone to, to stay at their seats that really wants to respond to the voice of God. Come on, give them a round of applause as they continue to come. We even pray for those online, Monica, for and Angela, for Janae, for... Maria as well for Sally. We just ask God's grace over all of those online right now. We ask God's grace over them, protection, blessing. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Just say this with me. Everyone here in this place, say it with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you now broken, crippled, and shattered. But I believe Jesus died on the cross, rose again on the third day, because he loved me he took my pain took my sin so that I could be restored Lord put me back together again so that I could follow you I make a choice today to surrender my life to Christ and become a follower of Jesus in Jesus name now father I pray for every person here that's been broken every person that's been shattered by words, by deeds, by the carelessness of others. We speak right now, my God, healing. Right where you are, just lift your hands. Just sign a surrender to God. Lord, right now, 
cover my brokenness. What the enemy meant to destroy me, to shatter me, to keep me broken, Lord, right now, begin to restore and put me back together again. The things that didn't heal or the things that healed broken, restore me again. Heal me. Put me back together. Some of you have been hurt by the church. You've been hurt by leadership in a church. May God restore you right now. Don't turn your back on God because we as men messed up. Father, I speak healing in Jesus' name. I speak healing for those, my God, who have been damaged by a father that should have protected them. An individual that was supposed to love them but instead damaged them. I pray healing. Those that should have protected us ended up hurting us. I speak healing over their hearts right now. I speak wholeness over you right now. I invite you in Jesus' name to the table of God. I invite you to the table of God right now. Where there's healing, where there's restoration, and there's deliverance this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now, Father. Right now. We just speak liberty. Speak freedom. Speak grace. It's only you can, God. Just receive it right now. He's here. Holy Spirit, right now. Do your work. Just receive it right now. Each and every one of you right now, just stop and receive right now the grace of God, the invitation to the table right now. Right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Lord, we accept that invitation to your table. We accept the invitation, my God, to your table right now. Cover. Hide our defect. Let us remember that we're royalty today. Let us remember, God, that we're royalty. Let us remember who we are today. Let us remember, God, who you created us to be. That I'm better than Lodabar. I don't belong there anymore, God. I don't belong in that place. It's not where you called me to. So, Lord, I'm coming out of Lodabar. That's not where you called me to. Lord, I'm coming to the. T- I'm coming back where I belong. I'm coming back to the palace. Lord, I pray right now deliverance. I pray freedom for every heart. Whatever season we're in right now, God, that we receive right now breakthrough. We receive the invitation to your table in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give God praise this morning. Hallelujah. We got one more message in the new season series next week. Before we're going to go into a new series, but we invite you until we see each other again, remember, love God, love people, and let's change the world. Amen. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.